Respected listeners of the Voice of the Cape, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Madrasa on Air. Yes, Jamaat Muslimin, it is Thursday, the 15th of February 2018. It is the 28th of Jamaat al Ula. 1439 and perhaps by the end of today we will have a new president a new president of the Republic of South Africa and who knows perhaps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant us a little bit more of stability peace and prosperity at the end of the day, as a Muslim community, it is going to be up to us that we have to we have to reform ourselves in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other words, we have to make right with Allah. Al-istilah ma'allah to make our sulh ma'allah and nastalih ma'allah al-sulh ma'allah we have to make right with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have to change ourselves as individuals we have to change ourselves as a community collectively. And if we make that change, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will change our condition as a society. That includes self-reformation and collective reformation, enjoining the good and forbidding the evil. Because if we're not going to do that, then just another, another bad leader will come in as we would have been deserving of that in light of the words of the Prophet Sallallahu You must enjoin the good and you must forbid the evil because if you don't, then Allah will send the worst of you to rule over you and the best of you will make dua and their duas will not be answered. So it's all up to us, ta'ala. We have to strive to the best of our abilities and that's all Allah Taala wants from us. Be mindful of Allah as you are able to. And Allah knows our ability. He's the one who created us and created that ability. So to the best of our ability, we need to live by the commands and by the laws that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said. And it's not difficult. Our beloved Prophet Muhammad says this religion is easy. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in the Holy Quran, "Wama jaala alaykum fi dini min harad Surah Al-Hajj. At the end of Surah Al-Hajj, وَمَا جَعَلَ عَلَيْكُمْ فِي الدِّينِ مِنْ حَرَجٍ Allah hasn't made, God Almighty has not paid, made any part of this religion difficult for you. But uh, we are difficult. Why? Because we, instead of following scripture, we want to follow our own whims and fancies. We want to follow our own lusts and desires. And that's why we are sitting in this mess that we're sitting in. لَا يَدُرُّكُمْ مَنْ ضَلَّ إِذَا اهْتَدَيْتُمْ we must just con- concern ourselves with doing the right thing. Allah SWT says, Oh, those of you who believe, see to yourselves. Those that are misguided will bring no harm to you as long as you are rightly guided. And that simply means that we must do what we have to do. We must be ambassadors for Islam, implementing it within ourselves. 
and propagating it, living it, showing it to the rest of the world. Standing up for inj- against injustice, standing up against oppression, speaking out against corruption. And then we're going to see, inshallah ta'ala, things will, will change in this country, bi'idhnillah ta'ala. We have a, a great muhimma, we have a great task on our hands in terms of bringing about social and moral reform in this country. We are carrying the flag of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Unfortunately, Abu Bakr, he is not with us. May Allah be pleased with him. And Umar is not with us. May Allah be pleased with him too. And Uthman is not with us. May Allah be pleased with him. And Ali bin Abi Talib is not with us. May Allah be pleased with him and with all the illustrious companions of our beloved Prophet Muhammad Because they were true leaders. They were selfless leaders. And they were leaders that did not seek out power. They weren't after the position. The community appointed them. The community wanted them because of the the great example that they set in following the example of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu that's what the Prophet says, عَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّتِي وَسُنَّةِ الْخُلُفَاءِ الرَّاشِدِينَ الْمَهْدِيِينَ مِنْ بَعْدِي عَضُّوا عَلَيْهَا بِالنَّوَاجِذِ Follow my example and the example of my rightly guided successors that come after me. Hold on to it with your molars. You know, when you bite into a piece of steak, you don't use your front teeth, you use your molars. Because of the molars, you get a tighter grip. Look at the example of, of Sayyidina Abu Bakr. Sayyidina Abu Bakr... When he became the Khalifa, what did he say? He said, O people, I have been appointed over you, though I am not the best among you. If I do well, then help me, aid me. And if I act wrongly, then correct me. Truthfulness is synonymous with fulfilling the trust. And lying is equivalent to treachery. The weak among you is deemed strong by me until I return to them that which is rightfully theirs, God willing. And the strong among you is deemed weak by me until I take from them what is rightfully someone else's, God willing. No group of people abandons armed struggle in the path of Almighty God except that God makes them suffer humiliation. And mischief does not become widespread among a people, except that God inflicts them with widespread calamity. Obey me so long as I obey God Almighty and His Messenger. And if I disobey God Almighty and His Messenger, then I have no right to your obedience. Stand up. Stand up now to pray. May God have mercy on you. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Where do we find such a leader in the world today? If you're looking for the reference, this is in Bidayu wa Nihaya by Ibn Kathir, volume 6, page 305 and 306. Allahu Akbar. Look at the lessons. Number one, the right of citizens to scrutinize their leader and to hold him accountable. 
When Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, may Allah be pleased with him, said, If I do well, then help me, and if I act wrongly, then correct me. What does he affirm? He affirms the right of citizens to hold their leaders accountable for their actions. Also, this makes it clear that the era of prophetic infallibility is now over. لَيْسَ هُنَاكَ مَعْصُومٌ بَعْدَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ There is nobody that is ma'soom, there is nobody that is infallible after the last and final prophet and messenger of God Almighty Allah Ta'ala, and that is of course Muhammad ibn Abdullah, the seal of the prophets, the last of Allah's messengers. After him, no more infallibility. So he makes it very clear, if I do well, help me. If I do wrong, correct me. Also this makes it clear that the era of prophetic infallibility was over. From now on the leaders are susceptible to make mistakes. These days, even in the western nations, the freedom of expression against the rulers is at best tolerated. In the Islamic succession of Abu Bakr, the citizens are not just allowed, but they are expected to correct their leaders. Allahu Akbar. Inshallah, let's go for a break and we'll return shortly thereafter. Madrasa on A. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd. Respected listeners of the Voice of the Cape, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May the peace, mercy, and blessings of Almighty God, Allah Ta'ala, be upon you all. Welcome back to Madrasa on Air. If you like, we can call it a special edition because of what's happening today. Normally today would have been Ulum al-Quran, but I have spoken, or I have uh, decided to speak about the example of leadership left behind by the great illustrious companions of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That when he passed away and there was this huge vacuum, and remember on that specific day, Allahu Akbar, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose Abu Bakr radiallahu may Allah be pleased with him. He chose him, he literally saved the day because there was, there was so much confusion. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu had died. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Holy Quran, إِنَّكَ مَيِّتٌ وَإِنَّهُمْ مَيِّتُونَ You are going to die, O Muhammad, and they are all going to die. His death has been written for everybody. That is why we believe that Isa alayhi salam, Jesus peace be upon him, will come back and he will die. We believe that he ascended to heaven, he was saved from the humiliation and the torture of crucifixion. They killed him not nor did they crucify him, but it was made to appear so. Instead Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lifted him up, he ascended to heaven and he shall return and he also will have to die. كُلُّ نَفْسٍ ذَائِقَةُ الْمَوْتِ So Muhammad had to, مَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا الرَّسُولِ قَدَ خَلَتْ مِنْ قَبْلِ الرَّسُولِ Muhammad is nothing save a messenger. They have come messengers before him. أَفَإِمَّا تَأَوْقُتِلَ إِنْقَلَبُتُمْ عَلَىٰ أَقَابِكُمْ وَمَنْ يَنْقَلِبَ عَلَىٰ عَقِبَيْ فَلَا يَضُرُّ اللَّهَ شَيْئًا وَسَيَجْزِ اللَّهُ الشَّاكِرِينَ Muhammad is nothing save a messenger, says Allah and whoever turns their backs on God will not harm him in the least. And indeed God Almighty Allah Ta'ala will indeed reward those who show gratitude. But they didn't prepare themselves for that day when he was to pass away. 
sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And when he did pass away, and Sayyidah Aisha came out and said, Muhammadun qadmat. That Muhammad sallallahu alayhi has died. And there was so much confusion that it is said that Sayyidina Umar, he couldn't accept this. And he came out and he said, radiallahu anhu, he said, whoever says that Muhammad is dead, I will chop off his head. He said, no, he is like Moses. He's just gone and from his people and he will return. But then Sayyidina Abu Bakr took control of the situation. And we ask ourselves, what, what made Sayyidina Abu Bakr different? What made Sayyidina Abu Bakr different than the other Sahaba? You know, we have a hadith like, if you had to put the Iman of Abu Bakr into the one hand of the scale, the faith of Abu Bakr into the one hand of the scale, and the faith of the entire Ummah, the entire nation of Muslims, into the other hand of the scale, the, the faith of Abu Bakr would have outweighed the faith of the entire Ummah. Allah prepared him for that day. When Muhammad passed away, Allah had already prepared the heart of Abu Bakr to handle the situation on that day. You know when that took place? When they were in the Ghar. When they were in the cave of Thur. When they were making the Hijrah and they were hiding from Quraysh. And they were hiding in the cave. And the Quraysh came up to the cave. And said Abu Bakr was so afraid for the Prophet that they were going to be caught. And that some harm would come to the Prophet And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of this in the Holy Quran in Surah At-Tawbah. Verse number, verse number 40. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, If you don't aid him, for indeed Allah has aided him. If you don't aid the messenger, Allah has already aided him. إِذْ أَخْرَجَهُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا ثَانِيَثْنَيْنِ when those that disbelieved expelled him, and he was the second of two, الغار, when they were in the cave, when he, Muhammad وسلم, said to his companion, لا تحسن, don't be sad, don't be afraid. The Prophet said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, we are, we are safe. لا تحسن. إن الله معنا, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is with us. ماذا تظن بثنين ثالثهما Allah. The Prophet said to Abu Bakr, he said, what do you think of two of whom the third God is protecting? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning that don't worry, the two of us are here, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with us, He is protecting us. He is watching over us. The next part of the verse, فَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ سَكِينَتَهُ عَلَيْهِ and so Allah sent His tranquility on him. Now, alayhi, if you look at the Dhamir Muttasil here, alayhi on him, who is the last person that is being spoken about? Is yaqulu li sahibihi. It's the sahib. And who's the sahib? Abu Bakr. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down His sakina. And what is sakina? Sakana means to become still. Haraka means to move. Haraka, sakana. Sakana means to become still. So, the heart of Abu Bakr was trembling out of fear. 
And Allah SWT sent down the sakina onto his heart for his heart to be, to be still and to be firm and to be strong. فَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ سَكِينَةُ عَلَيْهُ وَأَيَّدَهُ بِجُنُودٍ لَمْ تَرَوْهَا And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala aided them with, with armies that they did not see. The, as with the, uh, the spider spun a web so that the Quraysh would think that nobody had entered that cave. And in a weak uh, tradition, there is the story of the bird that had laid some eggs as well. وَجَعَلَ الْكَلِمَةَ الَّذِينَ كَفُرُوا سُفْلًا وَكَلِمَةُ اللَّهِ هِيَ الْعُلْيَا And he made the word of those who disbelieved base and low, and the word of God Almighty, he had made it the elevated word. وَاللَّهُ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ And Allah is the Almighty, the wise. So there in the cave, Allah sending down his sakina onto the heart of Abu Bakr, had prepared him for the day when Muhammad ﷺ passed away and left this world. إِلَى رَفِيقِ الْأَعْلَى being returned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yes, we believe that Muhammad is in the barzakh, hayyun fi qabrihi, fil barzakh. What is the barzakh? It is al-barzakh al-zamani. It is the time barrier between this life and the day of, of resurrection. And when we say, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad, when you put salutations, peace and blessings upon him, an angel, two angels take those blessings to the qabr of our beloved Prophet Muhammad and he returns that greeting and those salutations. So Sayyidina Umar is losing his mind. Whoever says that Muhammad is dead, I'll chop off his head. Abu Bakr comes out, he says, Uskut ya Umar. Keep quiet, O Umar. Keep quiet, O Umar. He says, Man kana ya'budu Muhammadan fa inna Muhammadan qad mat. وَمَنْ كَانَ يَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ حَيٌّ لَا يَمُوتُ Just keep quiet, Umar. Whoever worshipped Muhammad, know that Muhammad is dead. But whoever worships God, know that God is alive and cannot die. Allahu Akbar. This is, this is the man that was prepared by Allah. في غار الثور, in the cave of Thor, Allah had prepared Abu Bakr to be the first successor of Muhammad وَالَّذِي جَاءَ بِالصِّدْقِ وَصَدَّقَ بِهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُتَّقُونَ In the tafsir of, of this ayah, the mufassirun, they say, the one that came with the truth, that is Muhammad, and the one who believed in the truth is Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. That even when the Prophet went on the Isra wal-Mi'raj, and he came back, but he hadn't met with, with Abu Bakr yet, and already the Quraysh were making fun of Muhammad when Muhammad ﷺ had told him that he had been to from Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa in one night. And, and then he had ascended ila Sidrat al-Muntaha to the seventh heaven beyond the border of the low tree and had an audience with Almighty God Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so they mocked him. And when they got Abu Bakr, they said, did you hear what your companion said? That in one night he went from, from Makkah to, to Jerusalem? Ishada, what is this? So said Abu Bakr said, if he had said that he ascended into the heavens, I would have believed him. Allahu Akbar. And he didn't even know that that had taken place yet. That's why he was a Siddiq. He was a true believer. And his, his faith was truly established, unwavering in his heart. And so he was the person 
that when the Prophet passed away and they gathered at Saqifah to Bani Sa'ad, and there was now a little bit of a dispute. Who was going to choose a leader? Was it going to be from the Ansar or going to be from the Muhajireen? And then somebody made the, the suggestion that there should be one from the Ansar, from the helpers of Medina, one from the Muhajireen who came from Mecca, and said, no, Umar said, you cannot put two swords into one sheath. And so the question was then put forward, right? Okay, who should it be? And then, without a doubt, they said it should be Abu Bakr. Why Abu Bakr? Because when the Prophet ﷺ became sick, before he died, when he became sick, the Prophet ﷺ told Aisha, Muri Abu Bakr, nas. Tell Abu Bakr to lead the prayers for the people. And she was shy to why? Because she knew how, knew how far her father used to cry so easily when he recited the Quran. But the Prophet insisted that Abu Bakr lead the lead the salah. In fact, there's one riwayah that one day the Prophet came in and he was being helped by uh, Abdurrahman ibn Auf and Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib and um, the Prophet came forward and Abu Bakr, when he heard that the Prophet is coming in, he wanted to step back but the Prophet made him continue to lead the salah and the Prophet sat down next to him. Sallallahu alayhi Wasallam. So the so they said, why Abu Bakr? He said, if the Prophet chose him to lead us in our deen, which is salah, salah imaduddin. Man aqamaha faqada aqama din, wa man taraka faqada hadamad din. Salah is the main prayer, is the main pillar of this religion. Whoever establishes it has established their religion. Whoever neglects it or leaves it has destroyed their religion. So he said, if if the if the Messenger of God if Rasulullah had chosen him to lead us in our deen, in leading us in salah, how can we not choose him to lead us in our dunya? How can we not choose him to lead us in our material affairs? By being his successor, by being the leader of the, of the ummah of Muhammad And so he became the first Khalifa, Khalifa to Rasulullah. That was his laqab. Amir al-Mu'mineen, commander of the faithful, was only used for, for Sayyidina Umar for the first time. Why? Because they couldn't call him Khalifa to Khalifati Rasulillah, the successor of the successor of the Messenger of Allah. That's why Abu Bakr's title was Khalifa to Rasulillah. He was the successor of the Messenger of God, the Messenger of Allah SWT, Muhammad ibn Abdullah. And Abu Bakr was Amir al-Mu'mineen, was referred to as his rank was given as the commander of, of the faithful after Abu Bakr died. But going back to going back to the acceptance speech, because we, we're probably going to hear an acceptance speech uh, today sometime. Uh, Azim, are we going to hear an accept, acceptance speech today? Maybe. Allah Alam. Azim is waiting for the acceptance speech, inshallah. And I'm sure you're all waiting for the acceptance speech. Inshallah, may Allah guide the man whoever, who is going to make that acceptance. To be, to be just. Allah guide him to be just. We can make dua. Allah guide him. Allah Mahdi. Oh Allah guide him. But we are speaking about the acceptance speech of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. What an acceptance speech. Allahu Akbar. If I do well, then help me. If I act wrongly, correct me. Where are these people today? Where are these people today? As I mentioned before the break, these days, even in the Western nations, the freedom of expression against the rulers is at best tolerated in the Islamic succession of Abu Bakr the citizens were not just allowed but they were expected to correct him as a leader
radiallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala an. What did he say? He said, truthfulness is synonymous with fulfilling the trust, and lying is tantamount to treachery. When we speak about politicians today, I mean, who trusts the politician today? You know, politics is bereft with lies and treachery and corruption and stealing and fraud and looting. I mean, it's, it's a travesty. I mean, even in the Arab world today, they, when, they, when they describe politics, they say that a siyasatu aqdaru lu'batin ala wajil art. That politics is the dirtiest game played on earth today. The dirtiest game. So we, what has happened to truthfulness? No, it's all about lies. It's all about deception. It's all about treachery. Abu Bakr announced that truthfulness should be the basis of all dealings between a leader and his people. If he lies even once to his people, then he should not be their leader. Let's go for a break and inshallah we'll come back after that. Madrasa on A. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, respected, honorable, noble listeners of the Voice of the Cape. Welcome back to Madrasa on Air, your special edition today. We are speaking about acceptance speeches. And maybe we're going to hear one today. ta'ala. But I'm taking you a little bit back. I'm taking you back over 1,400 odd years to the acceptance speech of a very great man, the successor of the last and final messenger of Almighty God. Who's the last and final messenger of Almighty God? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The last and, his last and final messenger, none other than Muhammad ibn Abdullah, salawatu rabbi wa salam And when he passed away, who became his successor? None other than Abu Bakr ibn siddiq Abdullah ibn Abi Qahafa, radiallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala anma. Allah be pleased with him. And we're just going through his acceptance speech and we had got to the statement where he said truthfulness is synonymous with fulfilling the trust and lying is tantamount to treachery. Well, this sound, doesn't this sound familiar? And in fact, there's a hadith of our beloved Prophet ﷺ. He says, so don't tell lies, because lying leads to transgression, and transgression leads to the fire. What did the Omid say? As you can lich, then can you steal. Yeah, as you can lich, then can you steal. So, Abu Bakr announced that truthfulness should be the basis of all dealings between a leader and his people. This needs to be the case if the people are to develop a sense of trust in their leader. And if he's lying all the time, then know for sure that he's stealing as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us and guide us all and protect us. You know, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu tabarak wa ta'ala. I, have to say, I, cannot, I cannot speak about Sayyidina Abu Bakr without speaking about Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhuma. He's like, we say Sayyidina Abu Bakr was the right-hand man of Rasulullah from the one side and Sayyidina Abu Bakr was the right-hand man of Rasulullah Sallallahu on the other side. And they, they, they were a perfect balance because Sayyidina Abu Bakr was very soft in terms of his nature. Uh, Sayyidina Omar was very firm and hard in that respect. But they, they were a perfect balance. They were a perfect balance. Radiyallahu anhumah. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala... 
Ya Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cause us to, to be entered with them in their company into Jannah one day inshallah, into the eternal bliss of paradise. May Allah cause us to be in their companionship. Ya Rabbil Alameen, Ameen, Ameen. Sayyidina Umar, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala, and he loved the truth so much. He loved the truth so much that when he was the Khalifa, he wanted to just listen to this. Please, just listen to this. He wanted to do a renovation on the on the haram. We're still doing renovations today, Allahu Akbar. It's, it's, a, it's an ongoing project, renovating the haram. And what he what we had to do what he had to do was to incorporate a house of Al Abbas. The, the uncle of a beloved Prophet He would have had to incorporate the, his house, Abbas's house, into the haram, into the into the uh, the tawsi'ah, as they call it today, the expansion. And uh, Al Abbas wasn't uh, he wasn't too happy about this. So said Umar said, "Ikhtar qadiyan yahkumu bayni wa baynak. Choose a judge." To judge between you and me. Can you hear that? Did you hear that? <laughs> the the leader, if you like, the president of the country, is is telling the one who wants to take him to court, you choose the judge. I don't think that's been happening in South Africa. Abadan, Abadan. It always, always seems that, uh, you know, if he can, the leader will appoint his own judge. But no, he says to Abbas, he says to him, Choose a judge to judge between you and me. So Abbas chose a, uh, a judge, a Qadi by the name of Shuraih. Qadi Shuraih was a very famous judge in Hijaz at that time. And uh, so they, he, he, wanted, he wanted to summons Shuraih, Abbas. He wanted to go and call him to come. So send a message to him to come. So said no, Umar said La Al Qadala Yati Wala Ken Yuta Ilay. He said, No, 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 no. The, the judgment the judgment doesn't come to you. You must go to the judgment. So they traveled to wherever Qadi Shareh was, Sayyidina Umar, Sayyidina Abbas. They traveled. And as they entered the uh, the courtroom of uh, of Qadi Shareh, or the room wherever he was sitting. And Qadi Shuraih said, Assalamu alayka, ya Amir al Mu'mineen. So I said, Umar stopped him. Qadi Shuraih is addressing you? He's addressing said Umar first. Assalamu alayka, ya Amir al Mu'mineen. Peace be on you, O commander of the faithful. So uh, Sayyidina Umar said to Qadi Shariah, he said, لا تقول السلام عليك ولكن قل السلام عليكما He said, don't say peace be upon you, but peace be upon both of you. In other words, he didn't want to be greeted before Abbas, who is taking him to court, was also greeted at the same time. And he said, وَلَا تَقُلْ لِي أَمِيرُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And don't call me the commander of the faithful. لَيْسَ فِي السَّاحَةِ الْقَضَاءَ أَمِيرٌ وَلَا مَأْمُورٌ He says, in a, in, a, in a courtroom, 
In a room of judgment, there is no Amir and no Ma'mur. There is no commander and no commanded. We are all equal in the eyes of the law. But we have to go and pay the bills. Go for a short break. And we'll be back after that, inshallah ta'ala. Madrasa on A. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd. Respected listeners of the Voice of the Cape, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Madrasa on A. Yes, it's seven minutes to the hour of three. And it's a special edition today. We are speaking about acceptance speeches. We are speaking about just leadership in Islam. And just before the break, we were speaking about a special story of when Sayyidina Umar was the Khalifa. Speaking about truthfulness and, uh, and, and loving the truth. Allahu Akbar. And Sayyidina Umar, what an example of a leader who loved the truth. He said, وَأُحِبُّ الْحَقَّ وَلَوْ كَانَ عَلَى نَفْسِي Allah, he said, I love the truth even if it is against me. So where are they? It's Abu Bakr, Afwan. Forgive me. It is Sayyidina Umar and it is Abbas. And they are in the courtroom of Shuraih. Sayyidina Umar, he wants to expand the haram and he would have had to include, he would have had to include the house of of Abbas into the expansion. Abbas didn't want that to happen. And so Qadi Shuraih, the honorable judge, he listens to the deliberation of Sayyidina Umar, he puts his case forward for the expansion and Abbas puts his case forward for his house not being included in the expansion. And eventually, Qadi Shuraih makes his ruling. And guess in whose favor he rules? Does he rule in the favor of the commander? No. Remember, In the courtroom, there's no Amir and no Ma'mur. Everyone equal in the eyes of the law. So in whose favor does he rule? He rules in the favor of Abbas. He said, as it, it has come to my knowledge that when the Prophet David, peace be upon him, Nabi Dawood when he wanted to expand the furthest mosque, Masjid Al-Aqsa in Jerusalem, then God Almighty Allah Ta'ala revealed to him, Anna أَبْعَدِ الْبُيُوتِ عَنِ الْحَرَامِ بَيْتِي That the furthest house from my sacred house is part of my house. Therefore prohibiting Nabi Dawood to make that expansion. And so we, we had heard the ruling. And the ruling is in the favor of, of Abbas. What does Sayyidina Umar do? Fire the judge? Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Not Umar. Umar is he, الَّذِي قَالْ وَأُحِبُّ الْحَقَّ وَلَوْ كَانَ عَلَى نَفْسِي He said, أُحِبُّ الْأَمْرُ بِالْمَعْرُوفُ وَالنَّهِي عَنِ الْمُنْكَرُ وَأُحِبُّ الْحَقَّ وَلَوْ كَانَ عَلَى نَفْسِي One day, he was sitting with the Prophet ﷺ, he said, I love three things, O Messenger of Allah. I love to enjoin the good, I love to forbid the evil, and I love the truth, even if it is against me. That is Umar, that is a true just leader. 
a, a leader that is responsible for his leadership in this life and who is going to be accountable for his leadership in front of God Almighty on the Day of Judgment. Qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Man wali amra ashratin minan nas, jaa yawm al-qiyamati, wa yudha'u maghlulatani ila unuqi, hatta yufukkuhu al-adl, aw yudhiquhu al-jawr. Listen to these words. Listen to these blessed words from the lips of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Blessed words from blessed lips. He says, whoever takes responsibility for ten people. How many? Ten. Not ten thousand. Not a hundred thousand. Just ten. Whoever takes responsibility, meaning, the hadith means, whoever takes responsibility for ten or more people. On the day of judgment, they will be brought before God, they will be brought before Allah, and two shackles we put around their necks until justice causes them to be freed by those shackles or injustice causes them to be dragged by those shackles and chained to the fire of hell. Allahumma ajirna min nar Allahumma ajirna min nar That means even if they were unjust to one person. If that leader was unjust to one person. What happens if they're ruling over one million or ten million or fifty million? And they are unjust to one person. Can you imagine? That's why to be a leader is not something that is sought. You are, you are selected. You are selected. Not even elected. You are selected to be a leader. Because you have to have very special qualities in order to pass that very great test. So when Abbas sees Sayyidina Umar's love for the truth... He's accepted the rule. Araft al-hukm ya Umar, araft. Araft al-hukm ya Abbas, araft. Do you understand? Do you acknowledge? Do you accept my ruling? The judge says. Umar says, I. He doesn't say, la la la, sastanif al-hukm. I appeal the sentence. I appeal the ruling. I want to go to the high court. I want to go to the supreme court. I want to go to the constitutional court. No, he accepts. He loves the truth. He accepts the ruling. And so, when Sayyidina Umar sees when Abbas sees Sayyidina Umar's love for the truth he says Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen qad tanazaltu an bayti li wajhi Allah al-Kareem libtigha'a maradatillah he says oh commander of the faithful I'm giving up my house for your expansion out of for the love and for the pleasure of Almighty God Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is the truthfulness the love of the truth of a leader Allah goes a long way it goes a very very Long way. Inshallah ta'ala, we are going to be going for our news break. I've got about a minute to go, bi-idhnillah ta'ala. I've got so many beautiful examples to share with you about Sayyidina Umar and Sayyidina Abu Bakr. We're going to come back to Sayyidina Abu Bakr, inshallah. And I said, Umar, Sayyidina Umar one day, he says, لَوْ أَثَرَتْ بَغْلَةٌ فِي الْإِرَاقِ لَخَشِيتُ أَنْ يَسْأَلَنِ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ لِمَا لَمْ تُصْلِحْ لَهَا طَرِيقَ يَعْمَرْ Sayyidina Umar Umar the Great He said if a donkey had to trip on the road to Baghdad In other words If I don't look after the roads If I let the roads become all broken and filled with potholes. If a donkey, he says, if a donkey had to trip on the road to Baghdad, I fear that God Almighty Allah Ta'ala will ask me on the day of judgment, why didn't you fix the road for the donkey, O Umar? Where are such leaders today? Where are such leaders 
today. Let's go for our news break, and I look forward to being with you shortly thereafter. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Madrasa on A. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd. Respected listeners of the Voice of the Cape, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, it is 11 minutes past the hour of three. Welcome back to Madrasa on Air on this 15th day of the month of February 2018, the 28th day of Jumad, Jumad al-Ula 1439 of the Hijri calendar. And welcome to this special edition. We are speaking about acceptance speeches and we're speaking about just leadership in Islam. And just before the break, we were speaking about the second aspect of the acceptance speech of the first successor of our beloved Prophet Muhammad after he passed away was none other than Abu Bakr. And we were speaking about the statement where he said, where he said truthfulness is synonymous with fulfilling the trust and lying is tantamount. To treachery. And so we went on to look at other examples. And we looked at the example of, of Sayyidina Umar. He who said, nafsi. And I love the truth even if it is, even if it is against me. And we looked at the story of when Sayyidina Umar and Abbas, when they went to the courtroom of Qadi Shuraih, and Qadi Shuraih ruled in favor of Abbas, but Sayyidina Umar, even as the leader, as the leader of this very powerful great nation, because he was a lover and acceptor and an acceptor of the truth, he accepted the hukum, he accepted the ruling. And when Abbas noticed this, he gave up his house anyway. Allahu Akbar. And that beautiful statement of, of Sayyidina Umar. You know, Sayyidina Umar was such, a, was such a caring leader. He even cared for the animals. He prohibited the Muslims from from overburdening their camels, from putting a weight, from over putting a weight that which was beyond the capability of the camel. And he even cared for the donkeys. Just before the break, we heard the statement of Sayyidina Umar when he said, لَوْ أَثَرَتْ بَغْلَةٌ فِي الْإِرَاقِ he said, if a donkey had to trip on the road to Iraq, I fear that Allah will question me on the day of judgment. Oh, Umar, why didn't you fix the road for the donkey? So he prohibited the overloading of the camels. He prohibited, or he, he made sure that the roads were mended even so that the donkeys didn't trip on those roads. And he was so concerned with his ra'iyah, with his responsibility, the responsibility of his people. And there's a very, very powerful story of when Sayyidina Umar, when one night he was walking in the streets of Medina and he heard some crying coming from a little cottage as we would call it in the corner this is on the outskirts of the 
of the city of Medina. And when he came to this place, he saw that there was a woman standing over a pot and that there were three children that were next to her and they were crying and she was she was mixing something in the pot. And Abdurrahman ibn Auf was with him, the other great illustrious companion of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the story is narrated that uh, they stood at a distance from the spot and Umar began to gaze, sometimes at the old woman and other times at the children. And they stood for a long time. Then Abdurrahman ibn Auf said to Sayyidina Umar, O commander of the faithful, why are you standing this way? Let us go. He replied, By God, I will not depart until I have seen her pour out the contents of the pot and feed the children. And once they have eaten and are satisfied. He says, We stood there for a very long time and grew restless, fearing lest the people should become suspicious of us. The children continued crying and weeping. And the old woman kept repeating them her words. Hush, hush, my children. In a little while the food will be cooked and you shall eat. Then Omar said to me, Let's go up to her and inquire. Thereupon, he went forward and I followed him. Omar said to her, Peace be on thee, O servant of Allah. And she returned his salutation warmly. He asked her, Why are these children crying and weeping? She, she replied, because of their hunger. Umar said, why don't you give them to eat what's in the pot? She replied, what is in there in the pot? What is in? What is there in the pot? She said, what is there in the pot that I should feed them upon? It is only to divert their attention until they get weary of crying and sleep overcomes them. For I have nothing to feed them on. Allahu Akbar. Look at this mother. She had put some stones in the pot with some water and she was taking her ladle, her big spoon, and she was moving these stones around in the pot. The children are so hungry. They are crying from hunger. But her hope is that they will get weary, they'll get tired of crying, and then eventually they will just fall asleep. She says, I have nothing to feed them on. Thereupon Omar walked to the pot and looked into it and found it contained small pebbles with water boiling over them. He was very surprised and asked her what was the object in what she was doing. She replied, I make them imagine that something to eat has been cooked in the pot and thus divert them with this until they get tired and their eyes become heavy and they eventually fall asleep. Omar then said to her, how is it that you are in this condition? She replied, I am friendless, I have no friends, I have no brother, I have no father, I have no husband or kinsman, no family. Omar said to her, Why don't you lay your case before Amir al-Mu'mineen? Meaning himself, but she doesn't know that he's Omar. She doesn't know that he's Omar. And so 
And he said, because verily, Omar, the son of Khattab, will allot you something from the public treasury. Thereupon she answered him, may God not spare Omar's life. Allahu Akbar. <laughs> Imagine, Omar is the, Omar is the, is the Khalifa. He's Amir al-Mu'mineen. If you like, you know, in our modern day terminology, he's the president. He's the president of the country. He's walking around. Imagine, imagine our president or ex-president walking around the streets of, you know, Soweto, walking around in, uh, you know, where the poor people live, wherever in Cape Town, you know, walking the streets of Mannenberg, walking the streets of Kalkstienfontein, uh, you know, walking the streets of Langa and Gugaletu, checking on the poor people living in small little makeshift huts. What's what said Omar was doing? He was يتفقد, يتفقد He is checking on his people to make sure that everybody's okay. This is a true leader. This is a just leader. And if he can't do it, then he must get others to do it. We're going to go for a short break and after that we'll be back. The Madrasa on A. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd. Respected listeners of the Voice of the Cape, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, Jamaat al-Muslimin, this is Madrasa on Air. We are, inshallah ta'ala, we are now 23 minutes past the hour of three on this special edition. Today on this Thursday, normally our Ulum al-Qur'an day, but we have chosen to speak about leadership as we might be having a new leader today in South Africa, a new president with a new acceptance speech. And so we decided to reflect on some, some acceptance speeches that took place quite a long time ago. The acceptance speech of Sayyidina Abu Bakr al-Siddiq and all the lessons to be learned therefrom. And just before the break we were speaking about a true just leader. Sayyidina Umar al-Khattab radiallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala an. And we were speaking, we were speaking about one particular hadith, and it can be found in Al-Maghazi. And this particular hadith is narrated by Abdullah ibn Abbas. And he heard it from his father, Abbas. The same Abbas that we spoke about before the break, who went with Sayyidina Umar to Qadi Shuraih. In the other narration of this hadith, it is uh, Abdurrahman ibn Auf. The one that I'm narrating to you, it is Sayyidina Abbas, who is the one that is accompanying Sayyidina Umar in him going around. Imagine walking, the leader of the people, walking amongst the people, making sure that the people are safe, maybe making sure that they are fed, making sure nobody is oppressed. And as our beloved Prophet says, Khadimul Qawm Sayyidum. Shaykh Salih Abadi, rahimahullah ta'ala, uh, our, our great Imam and Hafiz, Shaykh Salih always used to say this hadith to me, Khadim al-Qawm Sayyiduhum. You know, whenever he wanted to, to do something for you, and you would want to stop him, would say, no, the server of a people is the leader of a people. Or if you wanted to do something for him, then he would allow you, and he would say, the server of a people is the leader of a people. Khadim al-Qawm Sayyiduhum. That is true leadership. is the one who serves. And so on this night, very cold night, it was winter, freezing cold, Sayyidina Umar is walking in the streets of Medina, comes upon a house, 
where a woman is standing outside with a pot on the fire. In the pot there is some boiling water and some pebbles. She is turning the pebbles in the hope that the children will think she's preparing food and that eventually they will become weary of crying and their eyes will become heavy and they will fall asleep. So what does Sayyidina Umar do? He goes up to her and he asks her, what is wrong? She says, I've got no family, no husband, no father, no brother, no kinsman, and nobody to help me. So he says, why don't you go to the commander of the faithful? Why don't you go to Umar, the son of Al-Khattab, who will give you something of the public treasury? Thereupon she answered, may God not spare Umar's life. May he pull down his standard, for by God he has oppressed me. When Umar heard these words, he trembled and said to her, Oh aunt, in what way has the son of Al-Khattab oppressed you? She replied, Yes, by God, he has wronged us. Surely a king should inquire in, into the condition of every one of his subjects? And said, No, Umar is not even a king. You know? We don't consider that leadership in Islam to be sovereignty. Sovereignty, kingship belongs only to God. That's why in that Athar Qudasi, Ya Musa, La takhafda sultanin, Madama sultani baqiya, Wa sultani daimun la yazulu abada. O Moses, never fear anybody in authority as long as my authority prevails and my authority is eternal and can never be compromised. That's why the prophets and their successors are nothing but vicegerents of Almighty God implementing the sovereignty of God on earth. That's the difference between democracy, communism, and Islam. Democracy, power to the people. Communism, power to the party. Islam, power to God. That's the difference. Subhanallah, Subhanal Khaliq. Glory be to the Creator. So, she makes this dua on Sayyidina Umar against him, and he, he trembles. And he says, in what way has the son of Al-Khattab oppressed thee? She replied, yes, by God, he has wronged us. Surely a king should inquire into the condition of every one of his subjects. And then perhaps he would find among them one who is like myself, in strained circumstances, having many children and no helper to assist. It is his duty to supply the poor man's wants and to grant him from the public treasury something on which to feed his household and his children. Then Omar said to her, How can Omar know of your, your circumstances? How can Omar know of your poverty and that you have so many children? It was your duty to go and inform him of your condition. She replied, No, by God, surely it is the duty of a good king to inquire into the wants of his subjects, one and all. A person in dire poverty may perhaps even be overcome by a sense of shame and thus prevented from going to the king to inform him of his condition. It is therefore rather the duty of Omar to inquire into the condition of the poor amongst his subjects. Then the poor man should go to the king to inform him of his condition. Neglect to do this constitutes, constitutes an act of oppression on the part of a good king. It is the law of God and whoever transgresses it is surely doing wrong. Thereupon Umar said to her, O aunt, thou speakest the truth, but keep thy children occupied and I will return to thee immediately. Sayyidina Abbas narrates, He then went out and I with him. The last watch of the night remained.
We walked on, and the dogs barked at us, but I drove them away, defending him and myself, until we reached the storehouse, which he himself opened and entered. He commanded me, and I entered with him. And after looking right and left, he went up to a bag of flour, containing over a hundred pounds. Then Umar said to me, O Abbas, lift it onto my shoulder. Lift it onto my shoulder. And I did so. He then pointed at a jar that was there and said to me, Carry that jar of ghee. And I lifted it up and we both went out. He locked the door. And we went on our way. Flower falling on his beard, his eyes and his forehead. We walked until we reached halfway. When the load wearied him because of the place was at a great distance off. So I offered my services saying, May my father and mother be ransomed for you. Oh, command of the faithful. Give the bag from your shoulder and let me carry it. Omar answered, No, by Allah. Thou will not bear my sins and my burdens on the day of judgment. Know this, O Abbas, that verily the burden and the carrying of mountains of iron is better than to have to account for an unjust act, be it great or small, especially as has been done to this old woman who has been diverting her children with small pebbles. Oh, what a great sin it must be in the eyes of Allah. Let us hasten and go. O Abbas, before the children get wearied of crying and fall asleep, as she said, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. We are such leaders today. We are such people today. Allah Irhamma, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu He then went on, quickening his pace, and I accompanied him. him. He was panting like an ox from fatigue until we reached the old woman's tent. She didn't even have a house, she had a tent. He then put down the bag of flour from his shoulder and I laid the jar of ghee before him. Then he himself went forward and taking the cooking pot, poured out its contents. And putting some of the ghee into it, added some flour. Just then he looked at the fire and lo, it was nearly out. He asked the old woman, Have you got any firewood? She replied, Yes, my son. And pointed it out to him. He then rose and fetched some of the wood. But it was green. He put some of it on the fire and set the pot on the fireplace. Bent his head towards the ground and blew under the pot. By Allah, says Abbas, I saw the smoke of the firewood coming through his beard. The Khalifa, the King, the Sultan, the Khan, the President, the Prime Minister. Allahu Akbar, can you imagine? Can you imagine the leader of a people doing something like that? We can't imagine it, not in our time. But Sayyidina Umar was a true leader. Ibn Abbas, he says, I saw the smoke of the firewood coming through his beard, which trailed on the ground when he stooped low to blow. He continued doing this until the fire blazed up and the ghee melted and began to boil. He then began stirring the ghee with one hand with a piece of wood and mixing the flour with the ghee with the other and continued until it was cooked. All this time the children were shrieking and crying around him. When the food was ready, he asked the old woman for a vessel which she brought him. He poured out the cooked food into the vessel and blew upon it with his mouth to cool it. And then he fed the little ones with his own hands. He continued feeding them. One after another, 
until he had fed them all and they were satisfied. They then began to play and laugh with one another until they became drowsy and slept. Omar then turned to the old woman and said to her, O oh, aunt, I am a relation of Omar, the commander of the faithful, and shall mention your case to him. Come to me tomorrow morning at the government house and you will find me there. So hope for the best. Then Omar, bidding her goodbye, left the tent and I with him. He said to me, O oh, Abbas, by Allah, when I saw the old woman diverting her children with pebbles, I felt as if mountains had quaked and fallen upon my back until I brought what I did and had fed them with what I cooked for them until they were satisfied and sat down playing and laughing. It was then that I felt these mountains had been removed from my back. Omar then returned to his house and ordered me to enter with him and we spent the night there. The next morning the old woman arrived and Omar asked her to forgive him. Allah, Allah, he does this and then he still asks the woman to forgive him. He asks the woman to forgive him for the fact that he did not know about her condition. Allah, he asked the woman to forgive him and settled on her and her children or granted for her and her children a pension from the public treasury which she received in full each and every month. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with them and, and they are pleased with Allah. Allahu Akbar. These were the illustrious companions of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is true leadership. This is true justice. This is, this is true mercy and compassion. Where are these qualities in our leaders today? Now a man came knocking. A man came knocking. A beggar came knocking at the door of Sayyidina Umar one day. And you know the, the Arabs were masters at the spoken word. Masters at Arabic poetry. And Sayyidina Umar is the Khalifa. And Sayyidina Umar doesn't even have a door, he just has a curtain over, over the front of his house, over the opening in the front of the front of his house. So the man st stands outside the house and he shouts, You know, there's no, there's, there's no security, there's no bodyguards, there's no motorcade. No, a motorcade? What is this motorcade? Ten cars, black cars with tinted windows, blue lights. Ishada. Allahu Akbar. No, said Omar. No haras, no security guards, no. He doesn't need security guards because he's a just leader. Nimta fa aminta. Like when the, the soldier from the representative of Byzantium came and he saw him sleeping. And. Uh, he saw Sayyidina Umar sleeping on the ground. Adilta fanimta aminta. He said, you've done justice, you went to sleep, and you were safe. Because when you do justice to your people, then there's no need for crime. There's no need for, uh, for corruption. There's no need for, for security guards and motorcades. 
So the man is standing outside the door of Sayyidina Umar and he says, Ya Umar khayra juzit al-janna, uqsu banati wa ummuhunna, wa kullana bizamani junna, uqsim billahi latafalanna. Listen to these words. These are powerful words. The man says, Oh, Umar, do some good. You'll be granted paradise. Give clothing to my daughters and their mother. And help us in our time of need. I swear by Allah, you'll do it. Can you imagine telling the president like that? <laughs> and so, uh, so Sayyidina Umar says, And if I don't do it, he says, إِذَنْ أَبَا حَفْسٍ لَتَذْهَبَنَّ يَوْمَ تَكُونَ الْأُعْتِيَعْتُ مِنَّ وَمَوْقِفُ الْمَسْؤُولِ بَيْنَهُنَّ إِمَّا إِلَى النَّارِ وَإِمَّا الْجَنَّةِ So he says, in that case, uh, if you don't do it, then on the day of Qiyamah you'll have to go. The day when the charities will be recompensed. And the one who was asked for charity will be standing responsible and accountable in front of Allah. And as to whether they gave or not, They will either go to, to the fire or they will go to paradise. So, uh, so Sayyidina Umar, he says, he points to his, his servant and he says to him, he says to him, اعطيه قميسي يا غلام اعطيه قميسي لا لشعره ولكن لذلك اليوم فوالله لا أملك غيره. He says, give him my shirt, not for his his poetry. The poetry is very sweet. And I just say any carpet, he smeared jam, dear Simmont. No. He says, give him my shirt, not for his poetry. But give him my shirt for that day of your muqiyamah. Because by Allah, I don't own anything else. That's what Sayyidina Umar. Sayyidina Umar didn't have millions in his bank account. Nor did he have thousands, nor did he have hundreds. He, he had one thobe. On the day of Jumu'ah, he was late one day. And when he arrived, he said, uh, Ya ma'ashar al-Muslimin, in kuntum tatasa'aloon lima ta'akhara Umar fa inna ladayya thawbun wahidun ghasaltu wa kuntu antadra hatta yajif. He said, oh Muslimin, if you're asking, why is Umar late? He said, I only have one thawb, I washed it and I was waiting for it to dry. Let's go for a short break and inshallah we'll be back after that. Boys in Madrasa on A. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd. Respected listeners of the Voice of the Cape, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Please forgive me, Jamaat al-Muslimin, respected listeners, if I, if I don't have the time during the program to go through all your messages, but I have received a message here that I have to share with you. For this gives me great hope for the future of our community and inshallah our society. Assalamu alaikum. My six-year-old grandson listening to the program says, Granny, can we invite those hungry children to come and eat with us? The story we just told of, of Sayyidina Umar and the hungry children, a six-year-old. 
a six-year-old was listening to that story. I would love to know what his name is. If the lady who sent that, if the granny who sent that message about her six-year-old grandson is listening, please send me his name. I'd like to mention his name on air and to make a special dua for him. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make him, inshallah, into a true just leader for the ummah in the future, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. Jumat al-Muslimin, we are speaking about just leadership. We've been speaking about Sayyidina Abu Bakr. We've been speaking about Sayyidina Omar. You know, today, here his name has just come through. His name is Muhammad Amir Qasim. Muhammad Amir Qasim. And look at that. Look at that. There is a saying that everybody has a portion of their name. And look at his name. Muhammad Ni'mal Asma. Beautiful name. Named after our beloved Prophet Muhammad Look at the next name. Amir. Which means leader. Allahu Akbar. Amirul Mu'mineen. Commander of the faithful. That was the laqab of Sayyidina Umar. And his name is Muhammad Amir. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you Muhammad Amir with that compassion that you feel in your heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use that for the benefit of the, of the ummah of Muhammad and for mankind at large. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. So yes, we've been speaking about Sayyidina Umar. Sayyidina Umar never stole one cent from the public treasury, from the, from the government coffers as we call them. Not one cent. One day he was so sick, Sayyidina Umar was so sick that he went to the doctor and the doctor said to him, Asal, Your medicine is honey. But unfortunately, Sayyidina Umar has no money to buy honey. But in the public treasury, there is a uqqa, there is a jar of honey. So he went to the treasury, he took the jar, he never opened it. He went onto the mimbar, onto the pulpit, summoned the people, gathered the people, and said to them, Ya ayyuhal muslimoon, in adhantumuni fiha akhaztu minha, wa illa fa innaha alayya haram. He said, O Muslimoon, he said, if, if you give me permis- permission, then I will take a little bit of this honey, just to get better. But if you refuse me, then this honey is prohibited, is haram for me. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, walillahi alhamd. This is the example, Jamaat al-Muslimin. And, and because of this example, the people followed that example. Man and woman, because of, of this example of truthfulness, because of this example of, of justice, this example was followed. I'd like to share this story with you, narrated by Abdullah ibn Zayd ibn Aslam, from his father, from his grandfather, who said, when I was accompanying Umar al-Khattab, may Allah be pleased with him, on his patrol of Medina at night, he felt tired, so he leant against the wall. It was the middle of the night, and we heard a woman saying to her daughter, Oh my daughter, get up and mix the milk with some water. The girl said, Oh mother, did you not hear the decree of Amir al-Mu'minin, of the commander of the faithful today? The mother said, What was that? The girl said, He ordered someone to announce in a loud voice that milk should not be mixed with water. The mother said, Get up and mix the milk with water. You are in a place where Umar cannot see you. The girl told her mother, I cannot obey 
Allah in public and disobey him in private. Allah. Yastaghfuna minan nas wa la yastaghfuna min Allah wa huwa ma'ahum. They seek to hide from people, but they don't seek to hide from Allah and Allah is with them. Umar radiallahu anhu heard this and he told me, "Oh Aslam, go to that place and see who this girl is." And to whom she was speaking, and whether she has a husband. So I went to that place and I saw that she was unmarried. The other woman was her mother, and neither of them had a husband. I came to Omar and told him what I had found out. He called his sons together and said to them, Do any of you need a wife so I can arrange the marriage for you? If I had the desire to get married, I would have been the first one to marry this young woman. Abdullah said, I have a wife. Abdurrahman said, I have a wife. Asim said, I do not have a wife, so let me marry her. So Omar arranged for her to be married to Asim. She gave him a daughter who grew up. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this example, what it leads to. What it leads to for the future generations of justice. Omar arranged for her to be married to Asim. They had a daughter who grew up to be the mother of Omar ibn Abdul Aziz who is considered to be the fifth of the Khulafa Rashidin, the righteous successors of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Not chronologically, but in terms of his justice. Sayyidina Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, just before we go for the break, Sayyidina Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, the so-called fifth of the Khulafa Rashidin, he had a special wazir, a special minister, not the minister of defense, not the minister of finance, not the minister of education, he had a special minister with a special portfolio. You know what that portfolio was? His name was Umar Ibn Abil Muhajir. And his portfolio was, I said, no, Umar Abdul Aziz said to him one day, he says, Ya Umar Abdul Muhajir. He said to him, Ida ra'aytani dalaltu anit tariq, fakhudh bi majma'a thawbi wa huzzani wa kulli, اتَّقِ اللَّهِ يَا أُمْرِ مُلْعَبْدِ الْعَزِيزِ فَإِنَّكَ سَتَمُوتِ You can imagine that. The president has a minister, special portfolio. He says to him, if you see me do anything wrong, then grab me by the scruff of my thobe, by the scruff of my shirt, and shake me and say to me, O Umar, son of Abdul Aziz, fear God Almighty, fear Allah, because you are going to die. Allahu Akbar. Let's go for a break, inshallah ta'ala, and we'll return back for our final segment. The Voice of Madrasa on A. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd. Respected listeners of the Voice of the Cape, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the special edition of Madrasa on A. Speaking about leadership in Islam, we've been discussing the the acceptance speech of Sayyidina Abu Bakr, the first successor of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And just before the break, we showed how Sayyidina Umar set an example and the people followed that example. He followed the example of, of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi and the people followed his example. And this is true leadership, to lead by example. Al-Uddu al-Qudwa al-Amaliyya. Al-Qudwa al-Amaliyya. Like uh, Al-Hasan al-Basri, when the slaves came to him in Basra and said to him, Ya Taqiyya al-Din, asaratu mu'amalatana fahatha al-Nasa ala itqa al-Abid. O Taqiyya al-Din, indeed our masters have mistreated us. So tell the people to free their slaves. 
فمضى على الشيخ جمعة وجمعة ولم يصعد المنبر ولم يتكلم في هذا الموضوع. One جمعة went past, another جمعة went past. In fact, one narration a whole year went past. And تقي الدين الحسن البصري never got on the minbar, he never spoke about the freeing of slaves. وفجأة ظهر وحث الناس على اطلاق العبيد وما من أحد سمي خطابه إلا أعتق عبده. Until suddenly he went on the pulpit, went onto the minbar, told the people to free their slaves, and there wasn't a single person that heard his speech except that afterwards they went out and they freed their slaves. فجأت إليه العبيد and the slaves came back to him and they said to him, يا تقي الدين ما جئنا كشاكرين وإنما معاتبين أو تقي الدين we haven't come to thank you but we've come to to rebuke you, to reprimand you. لما تأخرت عنا أسبوعين؟ لما تأخرت عنا سنة في رواية أخرى؟ So why did you? We've come to rebuke you. Why did you wait two weeks? Why did you wait another other narration of the story? Why did you wait a whole year before you told the people to to leave their slaves or to free their slaves? So you know what he said. He shyly looked up and he he said, "لم يكن عندي مال أشتري به عبدا." فلما رزقني الله مالا اشتريت عبدا ثم اعتقته فلما بدات بنفسي ودعوت غيري خرج الكلام من القلب فوصل الى القلب فاتيت بالثمرات المرجوءه او فاتى بالثمرات المرجوءه he said when you came to me the first time he said i didn't have enough money to buy a slave so when Allah sustained me with enough money, I went out and bought a slave and immediately freed him. So when I began with myself and then I called others, that which I said came out of my heart and went into the hearts and I found the desired effect I was looking for. Practical leadership. And this is what we need. Please, whoever's going to be the next leader of this country, lead with justice and lead by example. Read the stories of, of Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali. These are examples of great leaders in the history of the world. Allahu Akbar. So I'd like to end off Jamaat al-Muslimin. We started with Sayyidina Abu Bakr. Let's end with Sayyidina Abu Bakr. Let's go through his acceptance speech once again quickly. What did he say? O oh people, I have been appointed over you, though I am not the best among you. If you do well, if I do well... What did he say? He said, if I do well, then help me. If I act wrongly, then correct me. Truthfulness is synonymous with fulfilling the trust. And lying is equivalent to treachery. The weak among you is deemed strong by me until I return to them that which is rightfully theirs. God willing. And the strong among you is deemed weak by me until I take from them what is rightfully someone else's. God willing. No group of people abandons struggle in the path of God except that God makes them suffer humiliation. And evil mischief does not become widespread among a people except that God inflicts them with widespread calamity. Obey, obey me so as long as I obey Allah and His Messenger. And if I disobey Allah and His Messenger, then I have no right to your obedience. Stand up now to pray. May Allah have mercy on you. When Sayyidina Abu Bakr passed away, this great leader who led by example. This is what Sayyidina Ali radiallahu an had to say. Sayyidina Ali said, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Verily, we belong to Allah and to Allah is our final return. Sayyidina Ali then stood outside the house in which Abu Bakr had died and he made the following speech. He addressed Abu Bakr and he said, O oh, Abu Bakr, may Allah have mercy upon you. You were the closest companion and friend of the Messenger of Allah. You were a comfort to him. You were the one he trusted most. If he had a secret, he would tell it to you. 
If he needed to consult someone regarding him, he would consult you. You were the first of your people to embrace Islam. You were the most sincere of them in your faith. Your faith was stronger than any other person's, as was the degree to which you feared Allah. And you were wealthier than anyone else in terms of what you acquired from the religion of Allah. You cared most for both the Messenger and Islam. Of all people, you were the best companion to the Messenger. You possessed the best qualities, you had the best past, you ranked the highest and you were the closest to him. And of all people, you resembled the Messenger of Allah the most in terms of his guidance and demeanor. Your ranking was higher than anyone else, and the Prophet honored you and held you in high esteem than anyone else. On behalf of the Messenger of Allah and Islam, may Allah reward you with the best of rewards. When the people disbelieved in the Messenger, you believed in him. Throughout his life, you were both his eyes with which... He saw and his ears with which he heard. Allah has named you truthful in his book when he said, And he who came with the truth and he who believed in the truth, they are the righteous and the pious. When people were stingy in their support for the messenger, you comforted him. And when people sat still, you stood by his side with the messenger, facing the same hardships that he faced. In times of hardship, you were truly a good and noble companion of his. You were the second of the two, his companion in the cave, and one upon whom the tranquility descended. You were his companion during the migration, and you were his successor regarding the religion of Allah and his nation. And truly, a truly good successor you proved to be when the people apostated, apostized, apostatized, and did what no other successor of a prophet did before you. You stood up firmly and bravely when his other companions lost their resolve and became soft. And when they became weak, you adhered to the methodology of the Messenger. You truly were as the Messenger of Allah said, weak in body, but strong regarding the commands of Allah. Humble, humble in yourself, but lofty in your ranking with Allah. Well esteemed in the eyes of the people, honored and great in their hearts. Not a single one of them had any reason to dislike you, to be suspicious, suspicious of you, or to hold you in contempt. The weak and the humble you have always treated as strong and honorable, making sure you gave them what was rightfully theirs. And in this regard, you have treated relatives and strangers equally. Of all people, you respect those who are most obedient to Allah and fear Him the most. In your overall character, you embody truth and compassion. Your speech has always been characterized by the qualities of wisdom and decisiveness. And you have made your decisions. You have always kept a firm resolve to execute them. Very to Allah, we belong and to Him is our return. We are pleased with Him and we submit to Him. Allah's decree and by Allah, other than the death of the messenger, of Allah. Muslims have never been afflicted with a greater calamity than the calamity of your death. You have always been a protector, a sanctuary, a source of honor for this religion. May Allah make you join the company of his Prophet Muhammad and may he not deprive us of your reward and may he not lead us astray after you. Allahu Akbar. Is that not a sign of a true leader? who accepted his speech with justice, carried out his trust with justice and died with true justice and honor. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide the leadership of this country and of the world and of the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us to all that which is pleasing to him and keep us from all that which is displeasing to him. Wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillah rabbil alameen. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.